Hello, and welcome to Lunch with Legs. I'm Legs Malone, and I will be your hostess for this very lovely episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. For those of you who are regular listeners to this podcast, you have likely noticed that the episodes are getting posted with more and more time in between, and I just want to take a moment to apologize for that. It turns out that creating new episodes and managing a healthy life-work balance is a hell of a lot more challenging than it seems. I love this podcast, and I just want you all to know that when a few weeks pass by with no new episodes, it's not because we here at Lunch With Legs don't love you, it's just that we are mad busy. So, (laughs) with that being said, I am so happy to finally be bringing this episode to your ears at long last. We actually recorded this episode many months ago, and I, again, I am just so pleased that we are finally posting it. To give you a little bit of backstory, uh, last year my excellent producer, Mr. David Lawrence Bird, proposed a panel discussion episode featuring some of the loveliest and funniest ladies we know who work in comedy here in NYC. Uh, As for those of you who have listened to the podcast before, you know that I've been very fortunate to have interviewed some incredible comedians based here in NYC, and I have to say this episode is no exception. For this first panel discussion that we have ever done, the most excellent Ray Sani, Karen Fian, and Kitten Kent joined me for a very spirited discussion, all of which I will shortly leave you to hear in just a moment. I want to send out my huge love and thanks to those amazing ladies for taking time out of their busy schedules to come on over and record the episode. And ladies, again, I am sorry it has taken literally months to post this, but I think it's well worth the wait. Before we dive into this episode, I just want to take a moment and beam out tons of love and thanks to everyone who has been supporting the podcast. Between monthly donations, standalone donations, and even good old-fashioned word of mouth, we here at Lunch With Legs are feeling the love. So thank you. If you feel moved to donate, you can visit our website at lunchwithlegs.com and click on the PayPal button in the upper right-hand corner. If you feel so moved, you can set up a monthly auto payment, which helps us hugely, or even just a one-time donation, for which we will be very thankful indeed. So, enough of that. Let's get this episode started. So, ladies and gentlemen, go ahead, pull up a chair, pour yourself a cup of something good, and get ready for one fine panel discussion with Ray Sani, Karen Fian, and Kitten Kent. Uh, it is such a pleasure and an honor to be recording this around my executive producer's dining room table. This is the first <laughs> panel discussion ever on Lunch with Legs. And uh, ladies, I am so excited to have you here. For those of you at home or on the road, wherever you are tuning in, I have three lovely, intelligent, um, just fabulous women at uh, all of whom are comics, and all of whom have things to say, which I'm very excited about. Um, I would love to welcome Ray Sani, Karen Fian, and Kitten Kent to the Lunch with Legs table. 
<laughs> Welcome, ladies. <laughs> we were having a uh, we were blowing off some conversational steam before we were recording, and I was getting really excited because we have so I I have so many questions I want to ask you guys. Um, but for starters, I would love to just go around and find out a what you guys do um, in your lives in addition to being comics, um, and also how you found comedy, how you happened into this marvelous métier. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, so I just temp right now because I quit my job at a bank a month ago. <laughs> Amazing. I, <laughs> I told them that I have a chronic illness that needed immediate treatment and then never came back. <laughs> um, and so I've just been temping. Uh, so that's what I do for money. And yeah, I've been doing stand up off and on for the last six years. Um, I found stand-up, I guess, because I was, like, really depressed at school, and just a lot of things were, like, kind of crumbling around me, and I just wanted to do something that made me happy, so I guess in maybe 2008, I don't know, I took a stand-up comedy class at, like, Gotham or some writer's workshop or whatever, and then dropped it for, like, a year or two and then picked it back up feeling like that was the thing that I really needed to be doing, and that hasn't changed. I do feel like I need to be doing it. Amazing. Yeah. And I also... I'm Ray, heard, by the way. Yes, Ray Sunny, everybody. <laughs> um, and Ray, you also have a podcast. Yes, I do. I have a podcast called It's About Us with another woman comedian, Maria Heineck, and we just started it a couple months ago, but it's been an amazing ride, so check it out. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Amazing. Thank you. Cool. What about you, Karen? What's your story? Um, I started doing stand-up because I went to school for theater, and uh, so I did a bunch of acting, and, and I got cast in this play, and this guy was a real creep. We used to have to rehearse in his apartment, and then he added this section of the play that was like, you had to wear a bikini, and it was like a beauty pageant. All of a sudden, it was, I don't remember it being in the script, and then all of a sudden, you <laughs> were in a beauty pageant. And then you had to do like a five minutes of your talent, and it had to have something to do with your feet. This guy was a huge creep. And like one girl, like, took her clothes off with her feet. I know, but I swear to God, it's just my life. <laughs> like, and girls were just like, okay. Like, one girl played tic tac toe with her feet. I think a girl, like, made a drink with her feet. And so I put on a toga, and I was like, toga, get it? Foot, toe. Anyway. And then I just, like, did, like, five minutes of stand up, like, jokes about, like, my weird grandfather and stuff and it was fun and I learned a lesson really fast because it was just a two night run and the first night it was like kill city it's like Fian has arrived you're <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> and the next night it was like ah, I'm okay <laughs> I can work on this a little harder <laughs> um, so yeah that was it and I forgot the other question so I'm stoned <laughs> <laughs> and honest which I appreciate <laughs> Um, no, that was the question. Just okay. how you how you got into comedy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And you, Miss Kitten Kent. King Kent. Wow, I'm so nervous because I guess I I never really thought of myself as a comic because I'm not a stand up comic. So I hope I don't get tossed out of this round table. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> um, but I guess I've done a lot of comedic acting over the years. Like I I started. I also went to school for theater, and I've been. Or my brother's a filmmaker, and we've done films together for years that were comedic and dramatic and I've done one woman shows that were also both and then 
I guess. When you co-host with me, you're doing stand-up. That's you're true. Doing, you're doing improv and stand-up. That's true. I guess I'm doing, like, improv hosting. Yeah. You got jokes, Ben. That's true. Everybody loves that when you broke your hymen joke. <laughs> I forgot to tell it last night. I know, and that's why I brought it up now. I'm story. like, don't worry, babe, I'll bring it back up. The hymen story will never die. <laughs> that's what friends are for. <laughs> what happened? It's good. Tell it. It's not Should long enough. Yeah. Why not? Well, when I was nine, I got in this accident on a slide. And I basically, oh man, it's, anyway, it's a long story, but like the slide went all the way up me and like, <gasps> basically like broke my hymen, but did other damage too. Yeah. And there was like blood everywhere. And then I went, I went, but I went to gym class. I was trying to tough it out. And I remember telling the girls, I was like, I, you know, I bleeding everywhere. So I, the slide accident. And then the girls were like, oh, well, you got your period. You're so lucky. You're the first one. <laughs> in fourth grade. And I was just like, oh. you don't get your period from... <laughs> hitting a nail on a slide. Oh, girl. But then yeah. the best part, well, I don't know if you can tell this part. Well, yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> um, but then the best part was basically I ended up in principal's office later because my mom freaked out about it and was just basically like, it looks like someone beat my little girl's vagina with a baseball bat. But imagine that, like, being screamed. That's usually the high point of this joke. It's so funny how she screamed it. Hey, man, your mom's protecting her little girls. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, but then it was also Halloween, and I was dressed as the Tooth Fairy, and I remember, like, hobbling, like... Oh, my God. Your vagina's, like, the place where a tooth once was. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the story is usually funnier when I I didn't want to blow out the mic with the scream from my mom. In yeah. Office, so. No, it's good though. Time. See, people, that's comedy. Yeah, <laughs> it's vaginal comedy. Yeah, I was gonna say you can't get much more female and comedian than that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, <laughs> good job. And it it uh, it also bears being said that you, Kit and Karen, are the co-producers of Stand Up and Take Your Clothes Off, and I have had the wonderful fortune of interviewing you guys before on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. so much fun. So, so happy to be back. Yeah, yeah, man, you guys are the. I think. If memory serves correctly, you guys are the only people to come back. Repeat this. So I wanna I wanna dive into uh, into this beautiful intersection of females and comedy. Um, what would you guys say if you were to issue like uh, a state of the union on what it is to be a woman in comedy right now? What would you say? Amy Schumer, <laughs> I don't know. But like, what? What? I guess she, she seems to own it right now. She, <laughs> she is doing very well. I just want to, I don't know, apply to be her. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Hold herself. I don't know. Just as far as like the business is concerned, I mean, you can't deny her. She's everywhere. But being, what does it mean to be a woman in comedy? Uh, and what is it like to be a woman in comedy? What and historically, what are you? What do you? know about if things have gotten better, if things have gotten worse, if there are any conditions that have changed. It's just, it seems to me to be an extremely male-dominated industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know we spoke about this on the podcast, and we were talking about this a little bit uh, before we started recording. So I just want to hear from you guys a bit. What, is, what has your experience been within the comedy world, specifically as a woman? And um, we can just take it from there. I think my, my thing is, like, right away from the jump, it's just, I don't know, like, I'm five foot one, and, like, um, just, like, a small, petite girl and from like the very first open mics I just felt sort of uncomfortable being 
just completely outnumbered and having like a hard time like not being able to like make female friends like and enough of them like there just weren't there just were hardly any and I think that that's like a huge part of the reason that I started my show and I was just like I want to do this like I want to do stand up I want to like do this comedy thing but I'm just like and maybe maybe it's me <laughs> but I'm not making it like I wasn't making really any real alliances it was always like motivated by something else not like a really like working relationship with a guy comic you know what I mean mm -hmm. it was always mm -hmm. like there was an extra little something extra you want to work on jokes while we drink 17 cocktails like mm, I have a feeling something else is gonna happen um so yeah I think that's why and I think I don't know like I I, I love men I think men are funny I go to guy shows I support male comedy I think that they're great and funny um I just think that we've sort of been conditioned since birth that being funny isn't important you know like I was never encouraged like I was never told like oh my god you're so funny you should make everybody laugh it was like blow dry your hair like you know do ballet and probably probably should talk less if anything mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was never... I remember, like, one of my boyfriends in high school would always tell me that I wasn't funny, and it would drive me insane. I would, like, fight with him all the time because he was, like, the funny guy. And he would tell everybody that he thought I wasn't funny. It would drive me what nuts. What a douchebag. Totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> he knew that was jealous. the one thing that was, like, I, my thing. Like, I'm like, but I'm, fu I'm funny. <laughs> like, that's my thing. And he just sort of would always, like, super nag me all the time. Be like, you're not, you're not funny. And it's because comedy is, a, it's, um, it's like you're sensitive about it. It's writing, right? And like, it's a very clear goal, what you're going for. I'm trying to make you laugh. And when you don't, it's like, ow, 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 you know? So we're going to be, people are sensitive about it, male, female, no matter what. Um, so when, when it's almost like you're set up to like, it's kind of not fail, but like, you're not encouraged. So I don't know, people stone face you. It's like, it sucks. Mm. I don't know. I think my experience is a little different just because I'm a black woman. And, um, and I don't know. I think black women are encouraged to be funny. And we're sort of thought of as loud and brash anyway. Um, but I think the way that we're received by a lot of people, if we don't look like Halle Berry or Kerry Washington, is that we are sort of more male and we lack femininity and lack... Um, I guess, femaleness, and we're not, you know, we're not discouraged to talk if we're being loud and funny, um, so that was never a problem for me, like, I was always allowed to be loud and funny in my household, um, and in public spaces, like, at school and things like that. Um, I think, though, my experience being, like, a woman comic has been sort of little more than like exclusion mm. I think and I think maybe to some degree some of it is self-imposed where not only am I like you, when you're engaging with men you got to figure out they're trying to smash mm. and then like if they're not trying to smash like is it because I'm a black woman they're not trying to smash so <laughs> like am I missing out on on the few opportunities that white women are getting because the men who control things want those kind of women as opposed to me, which sucks because it puts you in competition with other women rather than just, like, competing against the dominant culture. Um, yeah, just feeling a lot of, like, left out or, like, not being taken seriously or 
being made to feel like the things that make you you are not valuable, mm. though the things that make men men are valuable. So, you know, if you talk about your period on stage or you talk about being catcalled at or going on dates, oh, I hate being in <laughs> But, like, all men do is talk about their dicks, what they do with their dicks, who they want to put their dicks in. Yeah. Um, and so to set that up as the default and then to mock or deride or undervalue what I have to offer because it's not the default sort of makes me feel like left out or mm. unappreciated quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. It is. Like I like guy like I remember before I dated him, I did an open mic that a guy was at guy comic that I ended up dating. And I did my set and I had a boyfriend at the time and I had like a couple jokes about him. And then they went up after me at the mic and they were like, oh, Karen, by the way, the second you said you had a boyfriend, we stopped listening to you. It's like huge laugh. Law, you wow. know? And it's just like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, but we did like your butt. But to be fair, I turned around and shook my butt a little bit. Um, <laughs> I like doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. Oh, no. I was just going to say, it's funny, like, since I don't do stand-up comedy, but I, I go to see Karen and shows and stuff. And so it's, it is, an, it's interesting, like, doing comedy at our show, but then, you know, being able to take a step back since I don't have to live in the world you guys do. So it's just like, it's just crazy. Like, I'll go to see you in shows and just like, it's almost like all men. And then mm-hmm. it's just like, the jokes are just so, it's just like, I'm just like blown away by the misogyny and stuff in the jokes. Like, it's not even like clever stuff. It's just always just like, I don't know. I was just always really shocked. But for my own experiences, like, for auditions and stuff, I feel like I have kind of an innocent look, so people don't really... I was always getting stuff that, like, you know, people don't really expect weird stuff from me, and they... And so it's been great to, like, have my own stuff, or, like, when my brother and I write stuff together and make my own content for my own style of humor. And that's not as much of a struggle, obviously, but it's just, like, I don't know. No, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, you get cast as, like, the innocent role off, but, like, you do weird stuff. (laughs) I guess it's, like, it's also, like, how men used to view me when I was younger, because it's just, you know, like, in some ways, it's a privilege I have where men are, like, oh, you're, like, the little sister, like, the sweet woman we want, or, like, I had a few stalkers when I was in high school, like, men who I babysat for. Who did it? Just, like, you know, yeah, no, exactly. the weirdest, I, okay. Yeah, like, I've had that, like, you know, it's just this weird... I, I'm probably not phrasing it, but it's just this weird thing where people have always treated me as, like, this, like, innocent, little, delicate, like, and I probably, I was in kind of a bad place when I was younger, too, but it just, you know, there's so much weird shit in my head, and I think sometimes people are, like, you know, they they might know me a certain way, and then they come to our show, and they're just like, what, what the fuck? And then I'm, <laughs> I'm like, maybe all people, like, just have no problem sort of, like, engaging with you right after a performance about your performance like as if it was a conversation from the beginning hmm. sometimes I find that bizarre like like, like they'll like st- be talking about a joke that I told like maybe like a half an hour ago like oh do you still whatever I don't know poop your car whatever it was <laughs> and it's like what it's like what are you talking about oh you're asking me about my joke like you know that was you know what I mean? Like, people yeah. have no problem just sort of interjecting themselves. Yeah, in they your... get too familiar. Yeah. In, in a way that I think if you were male, they would respect your boundaries yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've had um, 
the like I've had comedians, I mean non comedians, come up to me after a show and correct my joke. Yeah, correct. Yeah, quote unquote. What? yeah. What? It's like and it's like I wrote it that way on purpose. Though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's my joke. It's like they don't believe that we know exactly what's what we're doing. Out of our yeah. Mouth. Right. Even like I, I did a show and like this is like talking about like being a woman and like I, I do shows. Sometimes I wear sweatpants and a hoodie and no makeup and a hat on and I do great. Some shows I wear see-through dresses and I know my nipples are beaming and I am so aware. And I tell jokes about my little tits. I move my little tits around and talk about how I can't get cancer because they're little. And I'll <laughs> come off stage and like I look like I'll be like, you know, you can really see through your dress. Really? You can't? <laughs> I know, man. Like that's why I wore it. Like, why are we having this conversation? Like, yeah. aren't you an adult? Do you know what I mean? You've never seen tits before? Like, get a life. Yeah. That's so funny because I was um that reminds me of one time I was at like an event that was like a kind of like a fair carnival type thing. And it was like for the um it was for the purpose of raising awareness about women's reproductive rights, like a very hyper feminist, very liberal place to be. Yep. And the organizer had a lot of big money friends that she invited to come in and donate. And um, one of these, one of her friends was this man who like was very familiar with her, seemed very like reasonable, like very smart while talking to her. So. I was manning the dunking booth where, you know, you dunk people in the water if you throw something at whatever. Anyway, <laughs> a beautiful young woman was wearing a T-shirt that would go see-through mm-hmm. uh, once she got wet. And duh, right? Yeah. Like, this is what this is. This is the space to do that. Right. And... This man walks up to her, man who had been invited by his very enlightened founder of the organization friend, walks up to her and he's like, you know, the guys aren't going to throw the the beanbags at you anymore. And he's like trying to wink, wink, nod, nod. We see your nipples. <laughs> and he's like creeping. And she's just straight up like. Oh, why would that be? <laughs> I know. And then he was like, "Oh, you know, because um, it." And he's like trying to clean it up. Right, and he's like, right. "Oh, because it's cold out, and we don't want retreat, you to be retreat." Cold. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like even you, enlightened person, person who is specifically invited to this event because ostensibly you know what this is about Mm -hmm. you respect women and here you are creeping on this shorty easily 20 years younger than you and you came to the dunk booth and all you wanted to talk about is why men like you weren't gonna further her embarrassment or whatever because of her nipple while being really titillated titillated by it and right. like wanting to talk not, about her breasts and not you know? being able to just handle it like a cool guy yeah. like why yeah. can't you just be a cool guy about it <laughs> sweet nips do you know what I mean like, it's, or well it's sweet nips probably I wouldn't mind if you look me in the eyes I know what I'm doing you know what I'm doing like sweet tits alright wink high five move along like it happened and now it's over what you're describing to me is has this like patronizing thing that goes on like but it was it was patronizing yes because but also in but also it was very yeah it was also very sexual yeah Yeah. he was trying it wasn't just i'm worried for you it's like i like what i see see. but i'm trying to (laughs) pretend i don't like what i see and it's like why do you like 
you know, it's that virgin whore thing where, like, yeah. men are so excited when, because that woman looked very young. I don't know how young she is, but she looked young. She was very pretty, very tiny. And so men are, like, excited to do this bad thing with a good girl. Right. And so it just felt like he was, like, engaging with the goodness of her like and yeah. his and himself too. Like, oh, I'm telling you for your sake that these bad guys aren't gonna do that to you, but they wanna. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was so weird to watch. It was just, yeah. I don't know. Y'all are gross. It's basically <laughs> do the <and> nasty. <laughs> now, now, actually, I, I that what uh, makes me want to say. By the way, that is my fantastic executive producer laughing in the background. <laughs> Hi, Dave Bird. <laughs> Um, I would like to know what, okay, so as you've just said, male comics, oftentimes there's a lot of material around misogyny. What is the response when women come out as man-haters or do stuff that might be compared or construed as uh, misandry? I mean, just like not liking men. Have you guys had any experience with that? And if so, what has the response been? Or the action, if you know somebody who has a joke that was attacked on that basis? Hmm. Well, I mean, I think that um, depending on the crowds you're in, they can go over well or can go over not so well. I think there is a a misandry streak in comedy in general, but it's, you know, it's soft, it's gentle, and it still still reflects men as the dominant culture and maleness as the dominant culture, where it's like, you're the bumbling dad. That's like the theme of sitcom. Idiot dad, overworked, brilliant mother. And I think that if we, that um, people refer to men as idiots all the time. And so, like, people are willing to, and have always been willing to, receive men as, like, the fools at home because they, it's okay because they are the they are the dominators outside of the home. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really attack who they are or their station. But if you go at them like the way you want to go at them, where they're not just idiots, they're creeps and they're abusive and they victimize us and they're predators, I don't think people receive that as well. Then mm. you're the feminist man-hating bitch or whatever, con or, or whatever you are. That transition happens very quickly the minute... It isn't adorable that this man cat called you very stupidly or something like that. Yeah. yeah. That's what I found, I think. Yeah. I could see that being the case for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, I want to uh, segue slightly into uh, a minor explosion on the internet that happened. Um, <laughs> and Sorry. It, no, 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 it's all good. Um, call and it, there is even a hashtag for it: Bikini Gate or Bikini Gate 2015. <laughs> Did you make that? I did not make it up. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Credit where credits do. <laughs> Can you? I, I the reason I want to bring this up. Uh, is because I think it touches on a lot around the perception of females and their agency with their bodies. Yeah. Um, with, you know, especially if people don't know uh, who are listening, what Bikini Gate is, could you please enlighten mm-hmm. us? Oh, yeah, sure, of course. Um, <laughs> so Kitten and I did this fun show on Coney Island. Yes, it was amazing. It was Kit- The title of the show was Kitten and Karen's Night at the Beach. 
So for the first act, we hosted in our bikinis, mm-hmm. and famous celebrity photographer David L. Bird <laughs> happened to be there snapping pics. He took our promo pics he as well. He took our promo pics as well. <laughs> the man is a genius. And uh, took a great picture of me that I was really proud of, and I liked how I looked, and it made me happy. Um, I had a microphone in my hand. I was telling jokes, and I was in a bikini, um, and it, it was a fun show. And, oh, now, here's the thing. In my post itself, in my opinion, was a joke. I wrote, hey, guys, I'm really struggling with this stage fright. If you have any tips, please let me know. So was I being a little inviting for stuff? Absolutely. I mean, if we're not on Facebook to get the likes, what the hell are we doing out there? (laughs) (laughs) So, and invited some comments, and all of them were great and positive. You know, somebody said, like, some of them were thirsty or whatever, but I I don't know. Like, I'm not, I think I don't get mad about, I mean, unless it's, like, super, super creepy. But the only negative comment um, came from someone, and it's another female comic. She's from Boston. Um, and she wrote, write a joke, question mark, implying that I'm not um, a comic, that I'm not funny, that I don't really do stand-up. And if you look on her wall, she started writing things like, post another bikini pic and tell me you're a real comic. And in her opinion, uh, me doing comedy in my bikini affects her getting booked at like the Hojo's outside of Boston. So <laughs> I am sorry. I hope she lose that gig. I will send her eighteen dollars. Um, no. So yeah, and I, I mean, and it stunk. And I told my friends right away. I hurt my feelings. I was like, this is. I was like, I don't even know this woman. Because here's the one argument that was brought up that I thought was valid. If a male comic had said it to another male comic, like a dig, like you know, would it have rolled off my shoulders and like not have been such a big deal? Just you know, guys being guys. The only problem is that she didn't know me. It wasn't my friend doing that. And my friend probably wouldn't have said that because it wouldn't have been a really accurate thing. But also, that's dumb. That's not a good argument at all. No. (laughs) That's dumb. That's the reverse racism argument. It's stupid. Are we going to pretend that things are exactly the same? Are we going to pretend that men comedians have a problem with their presentation and whether or not people take them seriously because they look sexual? No. That's Mm -hmm. absent completely from male male to male comic interaction or male presentation on stage. So that's a yeah. dumb argument, not a valid one. Don't engage that. That's stupid. <laughs> anyway, keep going. <laughs> it was the only sort of devil's argument that like I like found, like the devil's advocate argument that I like could find. Because otherwise it was just like blanket like hate, you know? Well, like I, the one thing I did consider that the only possible good um, point that she could have had I thought. Uh, <laughs> They're tap dancing heffalumps upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> they got new tap shoes. They're trying them out. <laughs> um, the only argument I could consider, and this is one that I considered myself. So, like, Karen is a lot less um, conservative about sex and sexuality than I am. Um, so I, but I'm uncomfortable with my own sexuality and my own issues with it. So it would all revert back to my own problem, which is why it's not that good an argument either. But I could see how you would think sex is for a certain space and time. And if you didn't know that that show was a beach show, that you could be like, oh, people shouldn't be in bikinis on stage because uh, as a matter of principle, you think that sex should be removed from stand-up. That would be your own hang-up. But that's the only thing I could come up with that might even be valid where it's like, oh, I'm uncomfortable seeing sex or seeing a body on display at all. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't have told... 
Karen to write a joke because it's not like your brain falls out of your head when your tits are on display. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's still there. I would have just been like, oh, not my thing, and just not like the picture yeah. and not commented at all. Yeah. 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 I guess, but I think it is probably because I, I think I, I, burlesque totally rubs off on me and I love it so much and I just consider it such a, fun, exciting, high form of entertainment that I, like the marriage of, of comedy and sex and like my femaleness is what makes me the happiest on stage and what I like doing. You well, know? sex is funny. So yeah. like it should be there. And it's the universal. Time. Right. Yeah. It's um, so weird that, you know, I mean, I know exactly where it comes from. I mean, you know, it's like, I think we all, but, I mean, I, I'm not, I can't deny that I have instincts when I see like hot chicks in bikinis doing whatever. I'm like, who the Goodness. <laughs> you know, like we have that in us. Like you can't deny that instinct. Like it's in us. It's like, not an instinct. That's okay. a learned behavior. Well, I think right, so. We're conditioned. Yeah, we're certainly conditioned. We're for conditioned that. to have it, but I feel like we've been conditioned for so long that it feels that it, instinctual. it feels instinctual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's like so at those urges that like sensation like those happen within us, and then you have to like use your brain and be like, stop it, <laughs> cut it out. Like, yeah. why are you doing that? Like, mm-hmm. don't. You know, like, you, you don't dislike this girl because she's more beautiful than you. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's like I, I, say do. Out loud, I say it out loud and I'm thinking of the girl. I'm like, no, but I really hate this girl. <laughs> 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 it's, but it's so silly and it's the mold that we're stuck in. It's the idea that we're brought up with. It's all the stuff. That's why we do that. And I think that that's why it's important to go out of our way sometimes it, it like which reminds me of your post sort of like a radical type of you know embracing each other's different sexuality like mm-hmm. you know don't don't cut each other down and like yeah, sometimes things aren't my thing I, I, I'll if you want to keep all your clothes on and like wear a turtleneck when it's 90 degrees mm-hmm. I think that's weird but you do it right yes yeah. please you're the do one it. doing yeah. it that doesn't affect me yeah. that's the issue um it's it's I took great exception to her posting that because I'm just against respectability politics in general because the idea that we can behave in a way that subjugates us and the dominant culture will figure out that it's bad to be mean to us when things are going their way is really dumb. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the dumbest thing ever. So, like, if men don't, like... If men don't take women seriously when they perform sex with their own agency, it's not like covering up is going to teach them to respect us. It just means that they're going to be comfortable with the accommodations we've made for them. So the Mm -hmm. idea that like telling Karen to cover it up would get her booked more is insane because bitch they don't want you there (laughs) (laughs) they don't want you there naked or not you know what I'm saying and and if you're and if you're fully covered they might just let you in a little more because you make them less uncomfortable viscerally Mm -hmm. but ultimately they don't want you there and so the idea that there's a direct correlation between how Karen treats herself and how this woman who's in another city in a, in a completely different comedy scene gets treated is nuts because if we're, you know, hurting or stifling one another to please people who don't like us anyway, you're failing. You're failing. You haven't done anything to contribute anything to the pursuit of equality or not even equality, just acknowledgement of us as whole people Mm. um that like it happens a lot 
within the black community. And because this woman was a black woman, I think, you know, respectability politics is something that has been beaten into us forever. And it's a survival um, tactic, but it's one that is not helping us survive at all. I think it's killing us. And so I recognized in her what she was doing. And uh, I don't know, it makes makes me matter. I'm not as sympathetic as I probably could be with people who have learned that um, that respectability can help you survive just because we've seen so many demonstrations and examples of how it doesn't help you survive. Mm. Um, and so it was just really disappointing to watch her behave that way um, for herself. And, and uh, yeah, and it made me defend a white woman against a black woman. And my God, <laughs> when would that happen? <laughs> like, wow! <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, it was just, it was disappointing. And also, it, like, hurt me because it hurt my friends' feelings, you know? Yeah. That, I think, is a normal feeling to have. Mm-hmm. God, I hate it's that I care like, about you. Yeah, I know you love so much. But we do, so I think it's because we are we are in this, like, world and scene and competitive stuff together that it's, like, that healthy competition, though, and you respect, like, you know, people that are doing great, killing, killing it. And for somebody to, that you don't even know, to come out of nowhere and, like, try to say something about them. like And violate your homie and you're not like, even from here, B. You don't it's... go here. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I get to call Karen a slut. You yes, can't say anything. That's what yes. it is. Like, exactly. Like that. It was kind of cool, though, to watch primarily women comics, but also dude comics, too, kind of come in and be like, yo, what are you talking about? That's what I thought. I thought I actually wanted to ask about that. What mm-hmm. was sort of like the community, the, com- the comic community's response to all of this? I mean, I made me, I, that's easily the best day of my life. I <laughs> felt like a million bucks. I felt like the bell of the slutty feminist ball. I thought, but I like it, it just it, it, because. Comedy's comedy, it's not easy. And the fact that, like, a bunch of, you know, my friends and comics that I think are so funny and so smart and talented, like, coming out and be like, listen, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, it just, it was really nice. It was nice to watch male comics go to bat for me, too. You know what I mean? Oh, like, no. She's, oh, she's our little... See, then that's the problem, too, right, with allyship and things like that, because then you got to worry about how, when somebody has designated themselves an ally or when somebody comes in to have the conversation, how they refer to the the people or the players, because there were quite a few comedians who were men who were like, yo, shut up, let Karen do what she wants to do, which is the right way to come to Karen's defense. And then you have some people being like, yeah, she's just a cunt and she's jealous because she's ugly. And it's like, nah, yo, this yeah. ain't the opportunity <laughs> to, to work out your misogyny because you prefer Karen's type of woman. Now, no. that's a problem as well. No, yeah. So, like, that's the thing with these things because those conversations get to be had with people who, um, who, who you can't be responsible for. Um, I know the wild cards. Yeah. You can't control them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gonna have, people are the other wild cards are gonna like their comments. Yeah, too. Yeah, yeah the wild cards like, stick together. Yeah, they're yeah. like that. That was the thing that annoyed me because 
Generally speaking, I hate when people decide that women are jealous of each other when they have a disagreement mm. because yeah. it reduces us to people who are incapable of more than one emotion. Yeah. So, the, so I do think that this woman, I don't want to say she was jealous of Karen, but there was some anxiety that Karen made her feel about how we <laughs> are represented in public. But I don't want to reduce it to jealousy because it is a very complicated emotion. It's it's what we've been trained. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, what we've learned, how we've been conditioned to reduce her as someone who is incapable of thinking about why she did what she did or incapable of feeling no. anything other and than jealousy was really, really fucked up. It was a comment. It was a judgmental comment. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so that, but yeah, it wasn't a jealous. I, I, I never thought that. I right. wasn't like she's jealous of me. I was like. She's a hater. I can't write a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Inbox up with all my horrible jokes. (laughs) And ultimately, it wasn't even really about you. It was about women who are naked. It wasn't jealous of Karen. Mm -hmm. I don't think that woman is like... She seemed pretty confident in herself, to be honest. Or at least ostensibly so, like performing confidence. Like, I'm a bad bitch. Because she's all on her page talking about how she can put her stacks on stage. (laughs) But she chooses not to. So it's not like she's jealous. It's just that she thinks that women ought to behave a certain way. And that's what we need to shatter. That women ought... We ought not do anything. Right, we ought to do whatever the hell we yeah. want. God yeah. bless it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as a burlesque performer, I completely agree with all of that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you want to add anything to that, Kitten? Um, I was just going to say that I do think it's something with, like, when some of my female friends have even found out I did burlesque originally, they were just so shocked. Some of them were just shocked and horrified and just like, oh, my God, you're doing that. But then they came to a couple shows and they were like, I want to do that. So I just think it's yeah. also this funny thing of, you know, thinking like, oh, you can't have agency if you're going to get naked on stage, and then realizing like, oh, no, you can. And even sometimes in the early days of our show, some of the female comics would come on, and I don't know, it was funny. Like, they'd either make jokes about their own body and be like, oh, you guys are lucky I'm not naked up here. Yeah. Like, or they'd, they'd start talking about strippers or, like, just, like, make jokes about it. It was just a very, like, funny thing. I mean, most everyone was always, like, very supportive and awesome, but it was just an interesting thing. Like, you're performing a burlesque show. Like, maybe these jokes aren't always, like, yeah. I don't know. It's just interesting. Yeah. But then some of them have started to just, like, love like, you know, I've seen some of them who didn't seem as into it, like, seem to be like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, they do a few shows come and around. suddenly they're like, <laughs> yeah. oh. It's know. like my mom who recently, like, who was always telling me that my moral compass has shifted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> every day. Hey, mom, how was your day? Oh, it's fine. You know your moral compass? Oh, God. What about <laughs> I just feel like it. No, but she has, like, slowly come around and even, like, today she's like, I love you and your alcoholism and your burlesque. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's mom. Cool. That's yeah, amazing. That's big for my mom. And I think that that's, we're talking about like a, our, the women we were brought up with in the generation, like our moms and stuff, because I mean, that my mother is my guide. I'm very, very close with my mom. We're like the same person. And we have these fundamental disagreements about things that, you know, I just... It's it's hard to get past when you feel like you're being judged mm-hmm. by somebody that you know gave like told you how to be a woman, yeah. you know, and like some like the rules and like how to be respected, yeah, and stuff like that. And 
then they see you do that and they tell you that. And I just don't see the correlation between morality and me, like, having some pasties on, you know what I mean? I don't see what one has to do with the other. I'm just, like, having fun being myself. Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes... And, but my, like, yeah, my mom has, like, come around. It's just, like, I think it's education and being exposed to different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I have a similar thing... Um, Probably a little more, I don't want to say extreme. So you all are like burlesque performers or like around burlesque a lot. And I was a stripper off and on for like, I don't know, three or four years. And uh, when my mom found out, she lost it. Oh, wow. Um, Because, you know, she's, um, my mom's a Nigerian woman and she's um, Muslim. She was raised Catholic, practicing Muslim with my my father. Wow. And, uh. And, like, I've only recently started to admit in public that I used to be a stripper because I just recently stopped feeling bad about it. Mm. Like, even as I've been openly feminist and openly against being respectable, it's still a kind of thing where something's ingrained in you from childhood. And, like, you know, you, you, you can't reject it as much as you, like, would like to. So, because there is a stigma, like... I get a lot of surprise. Um, how could you have been as smart as you are and dance? Your dad raised you, so how'd you dance? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like, yeah. um, you don't have change. a drug problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How'd you dance? I went to an Ivy League university. Why are you wasting your life? That kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's 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 uh it's really scary too. Um, because as much as, like, I, I won't say that I was proud to be a stripper. I will say that I don't think that stripping is as empowering to strippers. I won't speak for all of them. For But for me, I don't regard it as empowering as burlesque might be. Because mm-hmm. there's comedy there. There's performance there where um, stripping is more about an exchange of, like, goods and yeah. services. And so there's a less control when there's direct um, hand-to-hand exchange of money. Um, and you're performing for people who sort of control the situation a little more than they would otherwise because they have money. Um, so I do feel um, maybe not bad about it, but I'm not proud of it because I went there out of not desperation, but a need for cash. Um, but it is weird to see. I've only started recently, again, talking about it on podcasts and on my own podcast and like, Wondering what the reaction is going to be when, you know, people who don't know anything about me besides, like, who I've presented to be doing comedy find out that there's that to me, too. Mm-hmm. We'll see, because I'm not in a bikini on stage. I probably showed more of my body in public than you have, right? Yeah, that and be- so for that woman to look at you and yeah. be like, to look at Karen yeah. and be like, write a joke. When I'm the one who was like shaking my ass for dollars, she's about to be real confused. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, so. I, I, th- I think it's magnificent that you talk, that you've started talking about Stripping, yeah, I think, totally. you know, well, you I mean, can't block out a whole three, four years yeah, of your life, no. yo. <laughs> Although there are plenty of people who, do. oh yeah, I'm sure yeah, there are. Um, and I guess you know, like, like it's funny, like <laughs> stripping wasn't 
fun for me, but the shit's funny. Like, yeah. it's like the stuff that's, like, the stuff that's gone down in locker rooms, the things men say to you, like, yeah. <laughs> like, memories you have. And I have bad memories too, but I have great ones. Some of the girls are real cool and just some of, they're really funny and I just feel like maybe, you know, if I just, it sucks because I'm not on a crusade, but like, if you just humanize for people, uh, people that are considered immoral right. or whatever, then maybe dudes will like be chill. I mean, we're in a in an era of at least hip hop where like being a stripper is kind of cool, but it's still in a misogynic misogynistic way where you work hard so you deserve my money, deserve me saving you from the strip club, mm. and I guess mm. that's progress to some degree and I would just love for particularly black women because I think that we're you know castigated and denigrated for being openly sexual in public um, that you know we can sort of redirect the, and refocus the conversation so that we aren't just performing for men but that there's something in it for us too and like you're saying that it's like that's not the only part of mm-hmm. a person. It's right. a whole it's a whole entire human being with that's dynamic and has right. other talents and other ways. Right. It's intelligent. It's just one part, you know. It's right. not the But it was it was so weird because like men I think men want to treat us like people. They just don't know how because the system is in place that doesn't allow them to do so. Mm-hmm. So like there would be moment like the men in the strip club always want to talk to the girl who looks like she doesn't belong there. Yeah. <laughs> they always want to talk to the girl who speaks well, or they always want to talk to the bartender because she isn't naked. It's mm-hmm. like they want you to be a person, Yeah. but then they don't want you to be a person. It's the mm-hmm. weirdest thing, and it's just like let go of these rules that we've tricked ourselves into believing are the appropriate standard. Yeah. I mean, like, I've had some of the best conversations ever. Like, I had, like, an amazing conversation with a, with the husband of a former Princeton professor. <laughs> like, it, you know what I mean? And, like, and then I was giving him a lap dance five minutes later, and he spent the rest of the, the night or that shift with me because he liked my brain, too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, dude, it's okay, right? Like, right. it's okay to talk to me and stuff. And like, It's like, I'm attached to this body. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know what it is. Yeah, exactly. Like, like your brain doesn't mine. fall out right. because your nipples are on display. And right. like, that was... So, it's, yeah. I mean, as instinctual as it feels for men to, like, want to keep us in this place, they also just want us to be people, too. And I'm right. sure if they were just exposed to us more and, like, weren't taught to consider us this foreign um, creature, which is why I hate when they call us females and not women, because yeah. mm. it sort of makes us a different species from them. But if you stop considering us, like, weird and unusual and this thing you can't engage with, and just, like, be friends with us sometimes, yeah. <laughs> it'll be cool. Like, friends no, will be like, much there's better. There's nothing wrong with, like, coming from a place of, like, appreciation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, that's fine. Like, you don't have to, like, that. own everything to right. enjoy it, or you don't have to dominate everything right. to find it beautiful it's right. like you like physically like you're probably gonna like be able to kill a bear if like they need you to like you don't have to <coughs> talk me. about it you know, <laughs> yeah like, exactly act like that around it's like unspoken right like, just be cool like just be cool mm-hmm. yeah why can't they just be cool 
That's a question, question of the centuries. Yeah. Um, so I have a feeling we're probably approaching about an hour. I have not been keeping mm-hmm. track at all. Um, so I guess in order to sort of begin to bring our conversation around to closure, is there anything that you guys would like to share or say or anything that you'd even like to see more of in both the comedy worlds but also in, like, the great feminist awakening if for whatever this whatever the appropriate term is for what's happening right now you know with um, accountability being called up more and more and more and everybody be, being given more and more weight certainly in the media although there's plenty of room left to go uh, with regards to the right to opinions and views etc 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 no matter your gender no matter your race I know that's an extremely broad question mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so after just saying I'm against respectability politics and lumping... <laughs> and by the way, what, what would you define uh, respectability, respectability the, politics to be? The idea of presenting yourself as respectable per the dominant culture's definition of what you as a minority, specifically a type of minority... Got it. Would, ...should behave so that you can get good things or be treated well by the dominant culture. Um, so I I think an important aspect of um, respectability or fighting respectability politics is getting to be an individual. So I hate the idea that we have to be on teams, but like be on your team and like be like a good cheer cheerleader. I'm not one of these people who thinks every decision is feminist or that every decision is transgressive, but I'm also one of these people who thinks that not every decision has to be a good one or a transgressive one or a feminist one. And like let the people who don't um, perform um, feminism or or radicalism or you know who don't behave respectably like be who they are because ultimately what we're aiming for is individuality being valued more than your perception the perception of you because of who you are and because of what group you're a part of that you didn't even get to choose like these immutable characteristics so mm. yeah that's what I care about just be nice yo yeah like you didn't have mm-hmm. to click on that picture you could have just unfollowed karen yeah you could have yeah. just like skipped over you could have defriended her and nobody would have known the wiser it yeah. just it's just whack to be out there harming for no reason yeah because she meant to hurt karen's feelings she wanted karen to feel less than yeah. Because of what she did. Mm-hmm. And, and it's sort of like, you would expect a comment like that maybe from, from a like, dude. From a male comment, from like an older male comment, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like an old school, like stand up is stand up and this is how you do it. These are the rules you follow. This is how you do it. You don't wear shorts. You do any road gig anywhere. Like you stay in Denver. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> stay in Denver. <laughs> stay in Denver. Like, yeah, going, going just to piggyback on what Ray was saying about individuality, I think the most progress comes from difference of opinions and talking about them and moving forward and, like, mm-hmm. having a new standard, having a new, like, whatever, like, th- that there doesn't have to be a, a standard, a normal, a mm-hmm. fit into this and that. Just, like, you know, it's hard. it's hard for women to support each other because we do have this sense of competition just built in us. But I think that when we 
do recognize each other's differences and come together, it's crazy. It's crazy mm-hmm. how like our communal efforts can just really like do some gnarly shit and yeah, I mean, we're guys, they're gonna be there like forever. They're not going anywhere, I don't think. <laughs> I right? like they're gonna be there no matter what. It's like you don't I don't wanna be a guy. I don't wanna do what mm-hmm. they do. I I would never want to have a dick. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would probably like get my mine. Would probably be covered in eczema. I don't know. I, be, I right. I wouldn't oh take care God. of it. Mine would always. I would always have to. All right, forget it. Here's my point. I'm <laughs> glad you don't have a dick. <laughs> yeah. Just um. Yeah, I think uh, that's uh, this. It's been said before, but the only thing standing in women's way is uh, like ourselves. Like. Uh, also dudes, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly dudes. Mostly dudes, yeah. There's no, there's, uh, there's just no room for, I think, you know, shitting on our, each other for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just no room, there's no room for it, there's no need for it, what a waste of time. Yeah. But, I mean, I, with that being said, this comment, I think what it sparked and what a lot of people said, I think was a good thing. I think a lot of good came from it. I think a lot of funny jokes were written in the comment section. Got a lot of likes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fun to watch my friends be funny. Yeah. In your defense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that totally. <laughs> Notifications all day. Every time I look down, 14? What? Ooh. <laughs> oh, I love it. I was bartending. People were like, can I get out? I'm like, no, you can't have anything. <laughs> People are talking that. about me. Internet. <laughs> <laughs> <What is that? laughs> so fun. Wow. Yeah. What about you, Kit? What about you, Kit? Kit? GD? Um... I was just thinking about the fact that I think that I don't even know if this is an answer to any question, but um, <laughs> no, I was at I was at this wedding once with this couple, and they were just talking about how they were like, "Oh, you're really funny," but I mean, women aren't really that funny, are they? And I was just oh like, my what? god! And yeah. I know we've all heard this thing, but it was just like this crazy thing where he's like, "I mean, my wife's funny and you're funny, but you know, like you see these women," and I was just like, "No," I was like, "You have to come to our show because, like." Yeah. Like, I think that's the thing. Sometimes people come to our show. I'm not just trying to promote our show. But our show is a good example of <laughs> November just, like, 1st, the <laughs> No, but it's just, like, we're just going to see women. I guess that's the thing. So many people have just not seen women in comedy. It's, like, mind-blowing. Like, to me, I see women in comedy all the time because of our show. Like, when I go to other stand-up shows, I'm like, why are all these men here? Like, bring out the women. But, like, no, you know, like, we're so used to seeing, like, but there's, it's amazing, like... I mean, guys will, because I get some flack, whatever, like, I get called a sexist because I don't book men on my show, but... I, just, <laughs> I hate when people have it good. People who have it good get mad when right. you make your own no. shit. Right. This is my shit. Right. Why do you care? Mind your business. I'm not talking to you. Let me talk about your all-male podcast. Okay. Every single place, everywhere, every day. And, like, the lineups that are, like, 90% guys, like, well, that's just, no, that's, that just reflects the amount of guys that's not accurate and it's not really accurate a lot more women are doing comedy and it's just um it is you are we are sort of hard-pressed to find quality stage time and we've had hundreds of women on in four years like it's crazy how many like and because i made a spreadsheet i did make a spreadsheet but i'll talk to other people and they'll actually say like oh like but there's not that i didn't you know there's so few women in comics Mm -hmm. and i'm just like i did that once when i first came to like when i came back to new york to like check out comedy or whatever i was like watching shows for a year before i went on stage and i like 
creepily was like stalking Wyatt Cenac because I wanted to marry him, but <laughs> but um, I remember talking to him because I was considering for my thesis writing about the performance of race and gender um, in stand up comedy, and I was like, Wyatt, I was also trying to flirt, but um, I was like, Wyatt, like, I want to do stand up, but I don't know where all the women were. Your boy wrote me like on a on a napkin at the bar, your boy wrote me like the longest list of women who he wow. knew just hanging out in New York. Right. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And like because of him, I heard of Chelsea Peretti, who has like been one of my what a delight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Her joke when she's like, it's like a very special, and she's like, it must be so amazing to be a man to wake up every morning. You're like, I bet somebody wants to hear what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's incredibly funny on Twitter too. Her yeah. podcast is incredible. Um, but that was like really cool. So even some dudes are seeing that that we're out there. So yeah. all these people who come up with reasons for why you can't have a shorty on your show or you can't have like <laughs> you lying, you're yeah. not looking, you don't yeah. want to hear about it. That's what it is. Right. Or you just don't want something different. It's kind right. of like what I've been thinking about because Matt Damon's been talking out of his ass for the last three weeks. And I'm what like, dude, well, my, friend, my friend's theory is that The Martian is so good a movie that he could say whatever the fuck he wants now. <laughs> <laughs> because, because the movie's so good, it's undeniable. He's going to be terrible. And my theory is like, is this performance art about right. like p- white male privilege? Yeah, like, I can just alienate up. every group, but middle America will still go see. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but, like, the thing with Matt Damon, there was, like, this whole conversation about him on Project Greenlight where a black female producer questioned, questioned him about the lack of diversity behind the scenes. And his answer pretty much was, like, it's not a problem. That's just how, like, it bared out. Um, and, like, <clears throat> we've just got the most qualified people, which... He thought resolved the matter, and it doesn't. Because the implication that whole swaths of the population are not qualified for any of the job except for white males, like nobody else. (laughs) And and then even just thinking about what your definition of qualification is, because you'll see that people are so married to this idea of what's traditional and, um, you know, diversity intimidates the people with the spending power. But then NWA, that movie crushed box office numbers. And then the following weekend, a movie starring a black woman, I think Mr. Perfect or the Perfect Guy, just killed the box office then too. So it's like, are you worried about the spending public or are you holding tight to what's comfortable to you right. because the numbers are showing that you're a liar right so yeah. the same way with eight million dollar book deal there's no way you can't say that people don't want to hear a woman talk yeah or don't yeah. want to hear a woman you know what i'm saying be yeah. funny because yeah. the numbers are showing that you're a liar yeah. so you know Dude. Book us and shit. That's all I mean. Do your research. Yeah. Book us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of booking you guys, if anybody wants to uh, read up on you and where they can find you, uh, where can people find you on the magical interweb? Um, so I'm at Ray Sani on Twitter, R-A-E-S-A-N-N-I. I'm on eh, raysallright.tumblr.com, so E-H, 
R-A-E-S, all right, dot Um My podcast is at It's About Us Pod on Twitter, and It's About Us Podcast.com. And, you know, then you can hear me talk more like I'm smarter than everyone there. And then, you know. <laughs> Um, you can follow me at K Freehams um, <laughs> on Twitter. Um, I have some like web series stuff coming out, but I don't know if I should talk about it yet. I sound like such a tool. <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret. It's like industry stuff. A K A might not go. It's going right now, so I should just shut up about it. We also just stand up and take your clothes off Facebook page. Oh yeah, we only do. the highest tech for us. Like us, like us. We need your thumbs. Um, I also wanted to clarify something I'd said before. The only reason I'm not calling myself a stand-up comic is I have so much respect for stand-up comics, and I know you guys have, like, this whole other deal you have to deal with all the time. So whenever I was saying that, it's out of respect, and I'm not, like, I don't identify with you. It's more uh, like, I'm I know. I'm on your team, you crazy no, funny it's like, horse. I'm on your team, and I'm so respectful, I'm going to sit on the bench and watch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope that we can all come back together and talk more because this was just like just the beginning. I know there was going to be another lady who ended up backing out, um, but I, I want I want this con- conversation to continue. So thank you guys so much for coming out and being willing to be so honest and open. I really do appreciate it, and I hope these conversations continue uh, both in the macro and the micro of all of our worlds. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, man. Y'all the best. Give it up And now we're going to eat potato chips noisily <laughs> off the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it, folks. If you want to check out where you can learn more about these wonderful women, Go ahead and go over to our website, lunchwithlegs.com. You can click on this episode's post where you will find everything you want and need to find out where you can catch these ladies in action and check out some of their amazing work. So until next time, so long and farewell, my dear sweet listeners. Lots of love to you all. Be good and take care of you. Bye.